Hello and welcome into another edition of the Potbelly Pigskin Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Liam Schneider. I am joined by Graham McCool tonight. How's it going, Graham? Going good. Perfect. All right. So we have week 13 in the books. Um, we're getting that much closer to playoffs for fantasy football. It's getting exciting, but also a little bit sad. I, Zach and I kind of talked about it last week, just that it seems like football has just gone so fast this year, so... It's just because nothing else is going on. This is true. This is true. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start off with some news tonight. Um, I'm just glad also that I'm not sounding like I'm I've aged 30 years just talking like I did last week. So kind of kind of excited about not sounding like an old man tonight. So all right, it's back today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Got to get rid of those. All right, so looking at the news, um, there is still more stuff that's probably going to come out just because, I mean, we're recording, it is Tuesday night, but uh, there's still stuff that everybody's waiting to hear on. Uh, one of the big ones is Keenan Allen's in the COVID-19 protocol, so not sure what's happening there. There was there was a total of nine players that went into the protocol after the games on Sunday, so uh, you got to keep an eye on that and see what's happening. Um, Damian Harris did get, uh, he, he was injured last night with a hamstring, um, left the game, came back, got hurt again, left. So that's something to keep an eye on. They are on bye, So, I mean, not a huge, like, it's not something that's going to impact your, your team this week. Um, you've got, uh, Elijah Mitchell's in concussion protocol. That one, it, it's like Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, um, Jeff Wilson's hurt as well. Like, it's Jermichael Hasty, and that is it. That is all. But the, the other thing, everybody's like, yeah, Jermichael Hasty's the hottest to go grab off the waiver wire. Debo Samuel's supposed to come back this week, and I would not be surprised if they used him as, as a running back. I I would not be surprised if they even uh, let Ayuk have a couple of carries as well. It's uh, it, I I don't think Hasty's uh, amazing like a lot of people think. Who, who San knows? Francisco also hasn't been running as well as they have in previous years when you could just plug and play whoever was starting for them. They should so, start Trey I, they should start Trey Lance at running back. <laughs> um Darren Waller is optimistic that he's gonna play this week. Um I did mention Keenan Allen already. Corey Davis, not that he's been super relevant as of late, because uh, it's been all Elijah Moore. Like Elijah Moore has been absolutely unreal for them. But he's out for the season now. Um, Logan Thomas is another big one because he came back, was good last week, was pretty good this week. Um, but it's not confirmed, but they're suspecting he tore an ACL. They're saying that he didn't, and it's not completely clear on what happened, but it sounds like he's going to be out for a bit. So um, Joe Burrow has a finger injury. Julio Jones is expected to come back this week, so that might be something. I think that offense needs a little help. I know that... He hasn't really done much for that team this year, but I can't help but think it's going to be a bit of a boost. And I, especially if AJ Brown's missing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this one, this one kills me because it's like we we're like, yes, yeah, start start whatever defense is playing against Daniel Jones. Okay, Daniel Jones is out. Start whatever defense is playing against Mike Glennon. All right, Mike Glennon's out. Now it's like, I, and it's like, start whoever's playing against Jake Fromm because that's apparently who's going to be playing quarterback for the Giants. Yeah, start whoever's playing against who? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just like, yeah, just, uh, we, I mean, honestly, you just should be saying start whoever's playing defense against the Giants. So, um, Tyrod Taylor has believed to suffered possible torn ligaments in his hand, but I'm pretty sure he's just getting benched and. Texans are just going for the first overall pick. So, um, this was gross. Did I don't know if you saw this? Did you see Kenyon Drake his injury? I didn't. I watched. Uh, I I saw a couple of pictures. I'm kind of happy I didn't have to actually watch it. He actually tweeted about it being like, 
hey, we protect other players. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was along the lines of, we protect other players a lot. Like, this is the second year in a row that my season's ended because of a tackle like this. And it's like his legs are caught up underneath the guy and the other guy's pulling him backwards and he just breaks his ankle. So yeah. it was it was pretty gross. Um, other than that, there's not a whole lot um, that I have to add in regards to news. Do you have anything you can think of? Not really. Awesome. All right. Well, let's... Fitz is still missing in action. <laughs> Dude, Fitz ain't coming back. I'm sorry. It's Heineke's team. Uh, it, it's not Heineke's team. It's anyone who can outperform a mediocre quarterback. Hey, hey. It's just they don't have other options because Fitz won't come back. They they don't have... The Washington football team doesn't have a name, but uh, they're the Washington football Heineke team or... Yeah, I, I I don't know, but I honestly just watching him on that team, like how excited he he like that. I can't help but root for the guy. Honestly, like it's he's. I was watching I and I was like right in the game, and I had I had no I had nothing nothing going in that game in pretty much any of my leagues, and I was just like I couldn't help but be like like go 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 like you got this like yeah like I was excited like more excited than I should have been. He's. He's definitely fun at times to watch. He pushes the ball downfield. He seems like a pretty excitable enough guy, but he just, he's not good. He reminds me of Romo when Romo first came in. Really? Because he does not remind me of Romo. Oh. I'm trying to think of who I'm he thinking, reminds me of. I'm thinking of like the, un, I don't, I'm pretty sure he was undrafted, but there's like, the undrafted, undersized kind of guy that nobody knew. Romo made the playoffs his first year, though, and hey, nothing saying that they can't make the playoffs. Short of an errant snap and dropping the ball on a convert, yeah, uh, or on a field goal, he, field goal, yeah, yeah, he would have been a quarterback who won a playoff game in his first year too. Uh, Romo has a lot more talent than Heineke ever will. Um, I think you just hate Taylor Heineke. I just don't think he's that good. And hey. it's unfortunate because I want to like the guy. If I, but I think... If I win one of my leagues this year with the winnings, I'm going to buy myself a signed Taylor Heineke jersey. I'm, gonna, I'm just going right. to say that right now. That oh. signature is probably worth uh, <laughs> less than the jersey, for sure. Probably. <laughs> um, one thing I forgot to mention, Adam Thielen's probably going to be out for the news. So, Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to uh, – we're going to start with the uh, the first half of the matchups for the week, um, for week 14. So looking at, looking at the first game, which is the Thursday night game, we've got – Pittsburgh against Minnesota. Looking at the Pittsburgh side of the ball, Minnesota's allowing the fifth most points to the quarterback, the 12th most points to the running back, the most points to the wide receiver, and 23rd most points to the tight end. Minnesota is also allowing the third most receiving yards to wide receiver. Yeah, so, I mean, on paper, Minnesota's a great defense to play against. They are certainly not what they once were. Uh, teams are having their way with them. That being said, it's still Big Ben throwing the ball on Pittsburgh. So, obviously, you're starting Harris. If you aren't, you either have an amazing team or are crazy. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, if you're gonna... If you're gonna throw a flyer on Johnson or... Uh, Claypool, I mean, this is definitely the week for either one of them or both of them to have a, you know, big day. Uh, you know, you don't get to worst against a wide receiver easily. Um, <laughs> so I think it's, I, I think if you got they took those that title guys, from Tennessee, by the way, Tennessee was yeah. the worst for a long time. Well, Tennessee was so far ahead of everybody in that category. Uh, Pitt, um, Minnesota really had to work to, to take that from them. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think Claypool and Deontay are decent starts this week, uh, despite who's throwing the, them the ball. 
Uh, Big Ben's not a horrible waiver wire pickup for if you're stuck and you're in one of those leagues where a lot of people like to stash two quarterbacks. Um, But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't put a ton of faith in anybody in that offense outside of Harris. Uh, Friarmouth is, of course, a, a solid enough tight end start most weeks. Yeah, I I don't I personally don't think this is the week you want to really look at starting Friarmouth, but yeah, I think Deontay's a great start. You're starting Najee. Um, you could probably if Claypool is healthy, he's listed as questionable right now. I think he's still expected to play. Um, but uh, yeah, you can you can be pretty comfortable starting any wide receiver against Minnesota. Um, Ben, I, he did play pretty decently against Baltimore last week. I wouldn't be afraid to stream him this week. I, I think, I know you, you said you're not afraid to either. There are probably worse streamers out there. Um, but yeah. I, I think I, I actually have a decent amount of confidence in Ben this week. So, well, I mean, he, he certainly, if he's supposed to be, a strong competitor and one of those guys who, you know, wants to compete week in and week out. This week he got a lot of negative press about him. Yeah. And I think if he is the guy that they've sold him as, you know, for for ages, you know, who plays through injuries and all that, I mean, the guy's got to have a chip on his shoulder with everyone <laughs> talking about this is his last year. Um, he's going to retire after this. No way Pittsburgh takes him back. Uh, I I, th- I think this is, this is a week where he should be able to go over 20. I hate betting on him at this stage in his career, but I think this is the week where he should be able to pull it off. Yeah. All right, well, let's move over to the Minnesota side of the ball. Um, Pittsburgh's allowing the 13th most points to the quarterback, the 8th most points to the running back, the 11th most points to the wide receiver, and the 24th most points to the tight end. Yeah, so um, Pittsburgh's defense has certainly dropped in a lot of categories of late. Uh, Teams especially seem to be running against them pretty freely. Uh, So... With Minnesota being an excellent running team, they're probably going to have Cook back this week. Uh, It's hard not to see Minnesota running the ball down their throat a bit. I think you can still stream Cousins um, if you don't have a better option. Uh, I think, obviously, Jefferson. I think uh, (laughs) he's the only guy there now. I think Jefferson is a fantastic start i think conklin is is an all right start even though pittsburgh isn't the best against the tight end just because he can't throw everything at jefferson but i think this is going to be a game where they really lean on the running back so even madison potentially could be an all right uh start if you're um looking for something in the flex and don't have a lot of options yeah, I think I think Madison. Even if Cook is back, I think Madison. You can have a little bit of you can have a little more faith in him than normal, just because I think they will try and ease Cook in. I mean, both of his shoulders are are screwed right now. So one yeah. week one week isn't going to fix that. So um, yeah, I, I I think this is a week where they don't want to throw thirty carries at him. Yeah, and uh, I think there will be quite a lot of carries in this game. Yeah, and yeah, Cousins. He's out of the streaming options. He's definitely ahead of Ben for me. Um, but yeah, Jefferson smash play. I think Osborne is probably going to be the other guy with Thielen out. Um, and I think Conklin's probably in line for a pretty decent game. I mean, tight end landscape sucks. So he's a better, he's a better option than most guys this week. So. Yeah, uh, let's move on to the next matchup, which is Baltimore against Cleveland. Looking at the Baltimore side of the ball, Cleveland is allowing the 18th most points to the quarterback, the 17th most points to the running back, the 22nd most points to the wide receiver, and the 13th most points to the tight end. Um, 
you're starting Lamar if you have him because, I mean, you probably paid up for him. He's probably the only quarterback you have on your roster. So you're starting Lamar. Um, it sounds like it's Freeman. I know it sounds gross, but I don't think this is a bad start just because, yeah, it, Cleveland's a tougher defense, but at the same time, volume play. Yeah, okay. Cleveland's – it's just the, the thing – the thing about the thing about Freeman is when you start him, you don't feel good about it, and you're like, I shouldn't have started him. And then if he puts a dud out there for you, it, he, it he's one of those guys that just that dud feels so much worse than a dud from any other player, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's just it it sucks. I I think they'll probably it'll probably be a lot of Lamar Jackson running this week. Um. And then you're looking at you're looking at probably about Brown. I'm I have a lot of faith in Bateman, but I think it's going to be next year that he shows out. Um, Andrews is a good start this week. He's I I mean leading up to our buy and sell, um, leading up to our buy and sell segment a little bit later here. Uh, he is one of the tight ends I would have in front of one of our buy sell candidates for this week. So that's why for a top five so he's one of the guys i'd have ahead but yeah i mean other than that i don't there's not really any sneaky plays on baltimore for me this week no uh i would agree with you um latavius murray for a bit looked like he might be freeman kind of has been hit or miss last week freeman did actually look quite good on a number of his runs uh some of his cuts his quickness he looked, he looked like he turned back the clock a little bit, and I think he's running at a pace right now that he should be their lead back, which pretty much erases everybody else behind him. And while he's on this kind of tear, yeah. All right. Well, let's look at the Cleveland side of the ball. Um, Baltimore is allowing the eighth most points to the quarterback, the twenty-fifth most points to the running back. 12th most points to the wide receiver, and it's probably going to get worse because they lost uh, Marlon Humphrey for the season. Um, the fourth most points to the tight end, they're also allowing the second most pass yards and the fourth most receiving yards to the tight end. Saying that, I still don't like starting Baker Mayfield this week. He is coming off of bye, so maybe he has dealt with some of those nagging injuries that he's been dealing with this year. You're playing, you're playing Chubb and Hunt. I... Honestly, for some reason, and I don't have any logic to it, but I have more faith in Hunt right now than I do in Chubb. Um, and I really don't want to touch any wide receivers or tight ends on Cleveland. Regardless yeah, of did. the matchup being great against Baltimore for tight end, I don't want to touch a tight end on, on Cleveland. Yeah, I think Njoku's hurt right now, isn't he? Uh, let me just tell you. He is... I think he's no. I don't think he's hurt. No, I don't think he's hurt. Okay. Um, in any oh, case, oh no, 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 you're right. He's not. He's not hurt. He was one of the nine players that's being placed on the COVID list. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought he was out this week for for some reason, but uh, yeah, uh, I think that definitely makes Hooper. A mediocre kind of dart throw at tight end where it's it's tight end. I mean, you're kind of just hoping for stuff week in and week out. I think if it's just Hooper kind of in that spot, I think you can kind of hope that they're going to throw him the ball a little bit. Uh, it's certainly a very plus matchup uh, for him to take advantage. Um but yeah, outside of that, obviously, Chubb and Hunter are a go, and uh, doesn't really matter that Baltimore is good against the run. Uh, Cleveland has proven that they are still good against good against the run. So, yeah, uh, I, I I think that they just the, Cleveland is like, yeah, we run the ball really well, and that's all we do. Like, we don't care that you suck at protecting the wide receivers. We're still just gonna run. It's so. it's it's all they can really do right now with yeah. the way uh, Mayfield's playing. All right, well, let's move on to the next matchup, which is Dallas against Washington. 
Looking at the Dallas side of the ball, uh, Washington's allowing the most points to the quarterback, the 21st most points to the uh, running back, the fourth most points to the wide receiver, and the 16th most points to the tight end. They're also allowing the fifth most pass yards and the third most rush yards to the quarterback. So uh, last week I was a little off in my call that it was going to be a big week for Dak. Uh, I'm thinking this week uh, it's going to be better. Um, Washington, they'll they'll still put up some points. He's going to have to actually throw their good against the run, although I think this is not a bad week to play Zeke. I know last week was was brutal, but uh, I think this week, uh, with what they're saying about where his knee's at and everything else, I think this is a week where they'll actually utilize him a little better. And I think there's a good chance, especially with the amount of uh, points that I'm thinking Dallas is going to probably put up, that I think you can reliably start Zeke this week. Uh, it's crazy that I'm even having a discussion about it, but last week was bad. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't go Pollard. I think uh, Pollard is, a at this point, he's a decent flex when it's good matchups, but I don't think this is the week to start him. Uh, but I would definitely throw out Lamb and Cooper. Uh, Schultz... I don't see any reason not to start him as well. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm looking at Washington and they have, like, everybody's talking about how Washington's started to be a much better defense. It, in my opinion, regardless of them starting to be a much better defense, they've only come up a few spots from where they were, which was almost worse, like the worst against every single position. So it, regardless of that, you, I, I completely agree with you. Like Dak, Zeke, Cooper, Lamb, Schultz are all good starts. I do have faith in Pollard though this week because if Zeke is dealing with an injury like it looked like he was, I, I think they will probably try and take a little bit of the load off of him. And it, it, there's been reports that have already come out and said that that's what the organization is trying to do. So we'll see. Well, I mean, they've been they've been talking about trying to manage his load a bit all year. But uh, there's also been reports saying that he's looked better in practice and he has most of the year with his knee. All right. Well, let's look at the uh, Washington side of the ball. Dallas is allowing the 15th most points to the quarterback, the 31st most points to the running back, the third most points to the wide receiver, the 10th most points to the tight end, the fourth most pass yards to the quarterback, and the fifth most receiving yards to the wide receiver. So... Um... As we mentioned uh, earlier, I don't have the same kind of faith in Heineke that a lot of people do. Uh, that mm -hmm. being said, uh, I think that the two to three touchdowns that he throws this week will probably undo the three to four interceptions that he throws to some extent. And it'll probably balance out to a 15 to 20 kind of performance that isn't great, but for a waiver wire ad, not terrible. Um, I think that Antonio Gibson has looked really good of late, uh, but Dallas is a really tough team to run against. So while I would probably throw him in if I had him in a flex spot and I didn't have a better option, I wouldn't. I would taper my expectations for Gibson this week, uh, even though he's probably been exciting you the last couple, and you're, you know, happy to have him back in a RB one form. Uh, this week, I really love McLaurin. I think this is. I think this is a really good week for him. I know he's going to get top corner uh attention which is not good when you're playing dallas so i also think that samuel and humphreys are are solid kind of sneaky plays uh but i think i think this is a week where heineke's gonna have to throw downfield hard and i think when he's throwing downfield it's gonna probably be at mclaurin and even if 
two of those get picked. You got to assume McLaurin pulls down one or two of them. And, uh, you know, big plays are, uh, if big plays are happening, good things will come. Yeah, I, I'm high on the McLaurin wagon too um, this week, to be completely honest, because I, it, I, I mean, Logan Thomas is probably going to be out. Um, Ricky Seals Jones, he's listed as I think uh, he was he was out last week, but uh, I don't think he's going to be able to play this week with the hip injury that he had. And I I don't know. Do you remember seeing anything in regards to Seals Jones? I, I thought he was one of the nine players that was on the COVID list. I thought he had a cue this week. I didn't think he was on that list, but I could be wrong. Um, I thought I but, saw something, uh, but I'm I might be imagining that. Um, JD McKissick's probably still going to be out with that concussion slash neck, neck injury. So Gibson's going to get the volume. I'm just a little hesitant in regards to what that volume is going to turn into this week. Even though, and just back to McLaurin here, even though Trevon Diggs is a top corner, Dallas is still allowing the third most points to the wide receiver in fantasy. So he's going to get his, there's targets that are missing. He's going to, he's going to probably pick up some of those targets. So I think he's, yeah. Oh, yeah. he's a great start this week. All right, well, let's go on to the next matchup, which is Las Vegas versus Kansas City. Uh, looking at the Las Vegas side of the ball, Kansas City is allowing the fourth most points to the quarterback, the 15th most points to the running back, 25th most points to the wide receiver, ninth most points to the tight end. Kansas City is also allowing the second most rush yards to the quarterback, not that it matters in this situation. Um, and they're also allowing the fourth most receiving yards to the running back. Um, Josh Jacobs is in my opinion, a great start this week because Drake's out for the season with a broken ankle. He's going to get a lot of, like those receiving yards that we were talking about, fourth most in the league, he's going to get a lot of that work that Drake was getting. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, so I think Josh Jacobs is a fantastic start this week. You can start Carr, but honestly, in my opinion... I there's more appealing quarterbacks to get off the waiver wire than going with Derek Carr, even in plus matchups this year. Like as of lately, he started off the year great, but as of late, like even in plus matchups, he's not looked fantastic. Um, he's killed probably a few people's weeks just with some duds that he's thrown out there. Um, Hunter Renfro seems to be the number one, so it's not a great matchup for him this week, but I, I think. He's he's a PPR guy, so he's safe in those types of formats. If you've got him in standard, he's probably you can probably still plug and play him. Um, and then if Waller's back, it's a really good matchup. And I mean, if he's back and he's he's in your lineup, there's no question about it. So <laughs> unless you somehow weirdly drafted Kelsey or Andrews along with Waller. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're starting Waller. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not, there's not very many questions on the Vegas side of the ball. Um, but, uh, I mean, there's not really a lot of questions in this matchup, in my opinion. Um, just because due to injury or opportunity, it's, it's, you know who you're playing. Cause like it, moving over to the Kansas city side of the ball, Vegas is allowing the 10th most points to the quarterback, sixth most points to the running back, 29th most points to the wide receiver, second most points to the tight end. They're also allowing the third most receiving yards to the tight end. Um, you're starting Mahomes. You're starting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because this is a good matchup, and he actually looked pretty good last week. Um, you're you're going to start Hill. You're going to start Kelsey. And there's not really much more to talk about that on that team. Yeah, it, it it's pretty much a, a three-headed horse. Um, and Kansas City, uh, the points haven't been what they once were. So there isn't our four-headed horse, but yeah, uh, there isn't. Yeah, there isn't. Uh, there is. There isn't a ton else to look at once those guys eat. Yeah, because if the guy, if they're the guys that are going to get the points, if there's points to go around, in my opinion, there's just you're not you're not relying on Pringle. You're not relying on Hardman. Kansas City isn't putting up fifty points a game anymore. And there was a time where there was so much in that offense that there was so much room for other people to still feast. Uh, it really isn't the case anymore. Um, 
even those guys aren't always eating every week and it's it's just not the same offense yeah all right well let's uh let's move on to the next matchup which i uh, it's not it's not a great matchup um seattle versus houston looking at the seattle side of the ball um and i give seattle so much grief but it, it's like my two of my least favorite teams in this game so um, looking at the Seattle side of the ball, Houston's allowing the 25th most points to the quarterback, the fourth most points to the running back, the 14th most points to the wide receiver, the eighth most points to the tight end, and they're allowing the most rush yards to the running back. So for those of you who don't know, we are in Western Canada, and <laughs> uh, we will undoubtedly have this game on TV, and neither one of us will be watching it. No. But, um, yeah, I think this game... Um, I got to think Collins is back and probably a decent start uh, just because there's no one really behind him that's What are you good. talking about? Adrian Peterson, come on. Adrian Peterson just got washed out against a practice squad guy and a guy who hasn't played in about three years. Um, but he had a touchdown last week. He did have a touchdown last week. He also did. I, I mean, there, there's a chance that Peterson's going to be good, but he hasn't looked good. And Collins has at least looked good when he's been healthy. I'm not saying Collins has looked great, but this is the kind of matchup that favors him. Um, and I think I think this is going to be one of those crazy games where both teams' offenses are crappy enough and both teams' defenses are crappy enough that they actually end up having a mediocre, like, 2020 kind of finish. Uh even though you should blow out Houston, you should, uh, like, Seattle has no reason that they shouldn't be good enough to blow out a team like Houston. I see this one being kind of like a 20s finish with lots of running. And, uh, yeah, I think Collins is a decent start. Metcalf, you're probably rolling him out. Um, Lockett, uh you know, as long as Wilson's a quarterback, Lockett has some definite flex appeal. I wouldn't be necessarily excited about either, but I would start either Metcalf or Lockett, um, depending on, obviously, who else I had. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. In my opinion right now, I think it's Lockett is the number one on this team. Uh, since Wilson's come back, he's been the safer play out of the two. But uh, I could very much see this being a game where the kickers are the top scorers in fantasy for both teams. So um, let's talk about Houston. Um, Seattle, Houston, we have a problem. Seattle uh, is allowing the 22nd most points to the quarterback, the second most points to the running back, 27th most points to the wide receiver, fifth most points to the tight end, third most pass yards and uh, they're also they're also allowing the most receiving yards to the running back. So as always um you know Cooks is a decent enough start just for the amount of targets he's probably going to get. Uh I don't think this is his best game to start him in just cuz I think it's going to be a real run heavy. Uh, Mills has not looked good when he's played. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if you're looking for guys to start this week, I think Burkhead and Johnson are kind of your best bets on the Houston side. Chances are they're both going to get a lot of carries and Houston is going to be run heavy, I think. Is... Dustin, jo uh, sorry, David Johnson is what I was trying to say. Is he, is he healthy? 
As far as I know, I don't even think he has a Q tag this week. Like I think David Johnson is legit good to go again. Oh, so he was he was uh inactive last week. Expected to be back this week though. Okay. Yeah. I'm just I'm so scared cuz I remember seeing that list of 9 the 9 players and just forgetting uh, everyone other than Keenan Allen. So I probably forgot them because everybody else was irrelevant. So um yeah, I can't really agree anymore with Houston. Cooks is going to get targets, and that's about all I can say. It's it's not a great matchup. It The targets last week didn't turn into much form against Indy, but Indy's pass defense has gotten a lot better. And I mean, they scored zero points. I don't think they're scoring zero points this week. So, no. All right, well, let's, uh, let's go on to Jacksonville and Tennessee. Looking at the Jacksonville side of the ball, Tennessee is allowing the third most points to the quarterback, 29th most points to the running back, second most points to the wide receiver, 27th most points to the tight end, and Tennessee's also allowing the most yards receiving to wide receiver. Trevor Lawrence is... I'd probably start him ahead of Ben, but not ahead of Cousins in the streaming category this week. Um, It's a good matchup for him. I think, as you see with a lot of rookie QBs, they they grow and they start to play a lot better throughout the season. So I'm, I I don't see that really being any different in this situation. So if you're, if you're desperate, Lawrence is a good start this week. James Robinson was interesting last week because he fumbled. He apparently got benched, but they said it was an injury. I don't know if maybe they're just trying to set up for some kind of divorce in the off season. Cause they're going to want to go to ETN next year. But uh, it's a tough matchup for him, too. So just based off of what happened last week and him publicly saying that he felt like he should have got more carries as well, I, I'm not looking really to start Robinson this week, and I actually might consider looking elsewhere on my roster. Um, there's wide receiver. It's a, it's a good matchup for the wide receiver. But looking at Jacksonville, I'm just I'm not interested in any of their wide receivers. I'm really not like yeah, Marvin Jones is probably the best best bet out of wide receivers on that team. But you can find better plays elsewhere, and I think he's he's a really big candidate to let you down if you're putting him into your lineup. And yeah, there's not really much to talk about other than Lawrence, in my opinion, on the Jacksonville side of the ball. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think that, um, as we just mentioned, I think Burkhead and David Johnson, who are both waiver wire guys, are better starts than James Robinson this week. Uh, I have It's unfortunate because I like, I like James Robinson. Yeah. Who, who doesn't? I mean, he's one of those undrafted, like, plays his way in, plays hard. Uh, but this is not the week, and especially with all the – drama surrounding last week and the weird faith they seem to have in Hyde. Uh, I think Robinson is not like you can, you can get better options on waiver right now, I think than than Robinson this week. Don't, don't drop him. No, no, don't drop him. He's uh, yeah, this is not going to be his week. I don't think. Uh, I I will disagree with you. I think that Lawrence has a very, very good chance of putting up 20 points this week. I think if he puts up 20, chances are he does at least 15 of that with his arm. And that has to go somewhere. Where it goes, hard to say. But I don't think it's going to the tight end, so... A large amount of it's probably going to the wide receiver position. I think Chenault or Jones is probably going to be the recipient. If you're hard-pressed, you know, both those guys have really high upside this week. So if you're in a really tough matchup that you don't think you're going to win, you don't have a ton of options on, you know, some injuries. You might have a bunch of Colts players. Um that either one of those two guys could put up, you know, very high ceiling. Um, so if you're hard pressed, I wouldn't shy away from Jacksonville's receiver core. All right. All right. Well, let's look at the other side of the ball, which uh, Tennessee 
Um, Jacksonville's allowing the 14th most points to the quarterback, the ninth most points to the running back, the eighth most points to the wide receiver, and the 14th most points to the tight end. I think Ryan Tannehill is not a guy that you want to be looking to stream really anymore, in my opinion, just because I think that they lost a lot on that offense losing Derrick Henry for the year. I know that seems like an obvious statement, but it, it's just, I think it's taken away from the fact that teams don't have to worry too much about the running game as much with Tennessee, and they can focus a little bit more on the wide receivers. Um, Julio Jones is going to be back this week, apparently. I AJ Brown's still out, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Arizona. Yeah, he's still out, so... I mean, Jones could be Jones could be a really good play this week against a team that gives up a lot of points to the wide receiver. Um, he'd probably be my favorite play on the team. Just looking at the team as a whole, he's probably my favorite play on the team because I don't know. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. I don't know if it's Hilliard or if it's going to be Foreman. Yeah, personally, I think it'll be both, and I think they'll that's be. That's what enough. I'm afraid of too, though. Like, I think they'll. Be enough for both of them to be relevant. Uh, you saw it last week, which was a worse matchup than this one. Uh, the two of them were both around 100 yards. The week before, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, they're definitely... Yeah, sorry, the week before. Because they were by last week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they put up, despite being in a bit of a timeshare. They both put up great numbers. And I think this is a team where running is very much within their DNA. And I think you've seen the last couple of weeks with them trying to shift that. Tannehill has struggled. So I could very much see this week them leaning on the run and then utilizing Tannehill uh, a little more in the kind of way they did when Henry was there. So I think this is a week that isn't necessarily bad for Tannehill. I just don't think he's the greatest stream, but I could easily see him scoring 20. I think Julio, if he looks at all like Julio, uh, is definitely the most interesting option because... If he's back and healthy, he's still a freak of nature athlete. Yeah. And he could put up serious numbers against what is not a good defense. And just not um, having enough options, other options at wide receiver for Tennessee. So, yeah, I, th I think this is a game where Tennessee is going to look like their record and they're going to, they're going to get some picks. They're going to probably beat on Jacksonville a little bit and I think you're going to see a lot of guys uh, you know feeding in this offense alright well let's move over to the next matchup which is the uh, Saints against the Jets looking at the Saints side of the ball the Jets are allowing the ninth most points to the quarterback the most points to the running back the 18th most points to the wide receiver the 6th most points to the tight end they're also allowing the third most rush yards to the running back and the second most receiving yards to the running back. So uh, Kamara is someone you're starting regardless. <laughs> if he's back. Here, well, yeah, I mean, Kamara is kind of a every week, you know, coin flip. Um, he is injury prone and he is at that point in the season where he is never going to be a hundred percent healthy, but if he is even 80% and gets 20 touches, he's going to make a lot out of them. Uh, I think Ingram's not a terrible start this week either, just because it's such a plus matchup and, they love Ingram in New Orleans and are probably going to have him out there for some catches, some runs, and probably give him enough to be relevant. Um, I think Taysom Hill is also a great start this week. Um, Even with the finger some, injury? He's not a great thrower anyway. It's true. Uh, 
He's going to probably be throwing mostly short stuff to the running backs. Um, or running it himself. Yeah, and he's going to do a lot of running it himself. They're going to probably do a lot of option runs. Uh, let him get outside and get some get some big plays in. I think that, uh, yeah, I think Taysom Hill will probably put up decent enough numbers to be very worthwhile as a, you know, waiver wire streamer. Uh, as much as this should be a plus matchup for the tight end, I don't think New Orleans really has a tight end that... Uh, well, he's already playing quarterback, so... Yeah, yeah, their 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 only real tight end of any kind of note is is at quarterback at the moment. So, i i wouldn't I wouldn't look beyond that. Um, you know, if you're if you're hard pressed, Traquan might be a decent enough start. Um, I think he is probably the most likely of their wide receiver core, but I don't have a ton of faith in their wide receiver core right now. Well, yeah, especially with Harris suspended, so he's suspended with a DUI. So, yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the wide receiver core, and I pretty much agree with every single point you made there. Uh, so let's go over to the Jets side of the ball, because for some reason, I don't know why I am excited to talk about the Jets. Uh, looking at the Jets side of the ball, New Orleans is allowing the sixth most points to the quarterback, the least amount of points to the running back, the fifth most, uh, the fifth most points to the wide receiver, and the 25th most points to the tight end. They're also allowing the fourth most receiving yards to the wide receiver. Yeah, so when it comes to the Jets, um, there has been some cause to actually get excited about some of their players this year. Uh, and probably the biggest one to get excited about this year, especially going into next year, is more. Yeah. I think more looks i i mentioned it a few weeks ago i think he resembles a bit of obj early in his career uh i think more is approaching that every week start category and uh this is a this is a very plus matchup at the wide receiver i think this is a great week for him to put up big points outside of that I know there's a lot of people who are kind of high on Tevin Coleman right now, um, you know, trying to rewind the clock in their mind to when they actually enjoyed him. But uh, I don't think this is the matchup for Coleman. This is a tough matchup. Yeah, I'm. I I, I don't think this is the week to roll him out, um, and I think this might be the last week to roll him out. Yeah. So because Carter's going to be back. Yeah, so I think Carter will be back for playoffs. Coleman, I I think this is a good week to just drop him. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, let him be one of those waiver wire um, bombs that somebody else can go pick up. And yeah, start. Let's, yeah, let someone else uh, hate him for yeah, the week. Let them take that hell. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, a sneaky start that I want to mention on on the Jet side of the ball, and this was kind of why I was excited because. Yeah, Elijah Moore is a great start. I think Zach Wilson, you can actually stream him too. But the guy I want to talk about is Jamison Crowder. I think Jamison Crowder is a very flexible wide receiver this week. So if you are desperate, yeah. be comfortable going and grabbing Jamison Crowder. He's probably, to me, he's he's he plays a very similar type of uh, role as Hunter Renfro does on the on Vegas. Like it's very it's very close to the line of scrimmage. If you're in a PPR league, it's even better for you. So go grab go grab Crowder. You can put him in your lineup. Yeah, I think in a standard league, I probably wouldn't bother. But uh, especially in a full PPR, um, chances are they're going to be throwing the ball and he should get enough attention to be relevant. Absolutely. All right, well, let's look at the last matchup of the night before we get into buy and sell here. Um, Atlanta versus Carolina. Looking at the Atlanta side of the ball, Carolina is allowing the 28th most points to the quarterback. 30th most points to the running back, 26th most points to the wide receiver, and 22nd most to the tight end. I don't think this is a week where you want to... I know a lot of people have used Matt Ryan as their streaming quarterback this year. This isn't the week where you want to start Matt Ryan. It To me, it's, it's Patterson, and that's about it. I know Gage has been really good, 
the last few weeks, but I don't want to start Gage this week. And I'm I'm kind of out on Kyle Pitts, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tight end, right? So it it's it's easy to see Pitts being a top twelve guy this week. It's hard to see Pitts being a top five. So there are guys on the waiver wire that you can throw a dart at who have some touchdown upside and might provide you top five or six numbers where you're almost certainly not going to get that with Pitts this week. But stranger things have happened. And Patterson, uh, I got to say, like the last little while – Ever since he came back, it seems like they've abandoned the pass with him. Like, the first five or six weeks, he was getting 10 targets a game, it seemed like. And for whatever reason, they are playing him more like a traditional running back, uh, which is bizarre because it was the one bright spot in their offense was that they'd finally realize what to do with Cordero Patterson and we're playing with him right. And, yeah. Uh, they seem to be pigeonholing him a little more for, for no reason of late. So I think Cordero, well, well, I, I think he's a good start any week. I think this is a taper expectations week. Uh, chances are he'll have at least one or two big runs. He seems to every week. He's just too good not to. But I don't know that you can rely on him getting those six catches a game that he used to get to really give you those fat uh, PPR numbers um, anymore, which is yeah. unfortunate. It's been really limited in the uh, the yards per catch, too, for him lately. So um, I think teams are really keying in on him so but when you're only targeting a guy three or four times like i mean he did have your... five targets last week it was just the fact that they were all stopped really short well it was five targets yeah i think he caught three of them he right? did yeah. so so he's got caught three of five targets he's your best offensive weapon by a landslide yeah why are you not targeting him 10 times a game out of the backfield and do something creative to get him open. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, it could just be teams keying in on him now. So and I mean there's I even, no there's no there's no Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts isn't doing great. There's not really much else to that offense, right? So But that's where you get creative. Uh um, yeah. when you're early in the season they were doing creative things to get him open and they seem to have just stopped doing it and relegated themselves to their record. Yeah, I mean, I I could definitely see that too. So, all right, let's uh, let's talk about about the Carolina side of the ball. Um, Atlanta is allowing the second most points to the quarterback, the seventh most points to the running back, seventh most points to the wide receiver, and eleventh most points to the tight end. Atlanta is also allowing the fourth most QB rush yards. I and I know a lot of people might disagree with me, but I love Cam Newton this week. Um, I loved him against Miami, and that didn't turn out. But this week, they fired their defensive coordinator because they only decided to rush the ball like three times with Newton against Miami, which was a huge mistake. But this week, like this is an even better week to have Cam Newton run the ball. You're missing CMC. They're allowing a ton of points to the quarterback. They're allowing a ton of rush yards to the quarterback. I think Cam Newton's going to be... Like he, I could easily see him being one of the top two quarterbacks on the week. Um, you're probably going to start Hubbard. You're you might be able to flex Abdullah in this matchup, and then it's probably, in my opinion, it's DJ Moore. Um, he's the better wide receiver. He seems to be the guy that Newton was targeting ahead of Anderson, and that's about it on the Carolina side of the ball for me. I think DJ Moore is not just the better wide receiver. He is definitely the best wide receiver. And um, he's obviously got uh, some connection from, you know, before with Newton. And uh, those two seem to be, as as far as Newton goes, 
those two seem to have a good connection. Newton, I think, is kind of incapable of having a great connection with anyone because he's just terrible at accuracy holds him back a little bit yeah yeah but uh yeah i think if you're gonna say anyone has a good enough connection to be relevant it's definitely dj Moore. uh i'm i i think this week newton will be relevant i don't think he's going to be what everyone thinks he's going to be because i think if atlanta has half a brain they are going to stack up short field let newton air it out and hope their safeties can get some picks so i see this being one where even though atlanta is terrible against the run i think they're gonna throw a lot more um into those areas of the field to kind of do a lot more blitzing and really try and get at newton because, as we all know, when he gets hit, when he's pressured, he is not good. No, he's yeah. really, really bad. You saw that in so, the Super Bowl that they were in. So, oh yeah, if if Atlanta isn't blitzing on just about every passing down, I would be surprised. All right. Well, uh, I think that about does it for the matchups. Unless you have anything to add. Nope. All right, let's get into buy and sell for this week. Um, I will lead off here for our buy and sell, uh, just because we were just talking about it. I have, and I, I don't know, I, I, I honestly, a lot of the times I do buy and sell, it almost sounds like it could be a bold prediction too. Um, Cam Newton's going to have over 75 yards rushing, over 250 yards passing, and he'll have two or more touchdowns. I am buying this week for all of the reasons that I said when we were talking about that matchup. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's going to go one way or another with him. I think 75 rushing yards is totally possible for him. But if he's got 75 or more rushing yards, I don't think he has a ton of passing yards. And I think vice versa. I think it'll all depend on how Atlanta decides to play him. And I think they're going to blitz him. I think they're going to blitz heavy and they're going to force him out of the pocket. I think he'll get some rushing yards from it, but I don't think he'll get to 75. And there's a possibility he'll get that 250 passing yards, but I think he's going to throw some picks too. Also, just to clarify my two or more touchdowns, that's two total touchdowns, whether it's one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown or two rushing touchdowns. So, Yeah, I got it. I'm still a sell. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to clarify for anybody watching just yeah. in case. Um, yeah, uh, Zach is also selling that, so I, I seem to be alone in that one. So, all right. I well, mean, it worked out for you one week, and it failed for you another. So, failed you know, rolled miserably in the other one. All yeah. right, what do you got for buy and sell this week? So, I put McLaurin as a top five wide receiver this week. So, I'm a buy on it. I think that this is a good enough matchup. I think they're going to be pushing the ball downfield a lot in this one. And I think there's going to be some, as I mentioned before, I think there's going to be a couple of really deep passes that go his way. I think he's going to get a ton of targets, and I think they're going to be trying to to push the ball downfield, which will benefit him greatly. I am also buying that. Uh pretty much echo what you're saying i think it's just going to be too many opportunities for him not to be in the top five this week in a really good matchup so um and i get i get if you have mclaurin he's probably been sitting on your bench and you've been pissed off for the last couple of weeks while he's been very mediocre numbers largely due to mediocre qb play but i think this is the week where you can you can throw him in yeah, and we'll, just for uh, – Zach didn't answer this one, but we're just going to say that he sold just so that we can get some parity in this. So <laughs> can't believe he's selling McLaurin as a top five wide receiver. What a guy. Yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> and then Zach's buy and sell for the week. Uh, he is saying Tyler Conklin will be a top five tight end. I sold on this one. I think it's not, it's not a great matchup. 
for the tight end, I believe, for Minnesota. Yeah, it's 24th. No. It's 24th no. for Pittsburgh. They're, they're not allowing that many points to the tight end. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of Jefferson and uh, and um, Osborne this week. And I, Yeah, I honestly don't even think it's going to be a lot of Osborne. You think, think it's going to be a lot of Jefferson? Je- Justin think, Jefferson sets a new NFL record with 350 yards receiving. I, I think Jefferson's going to have a big week. I think that uh, they're going to pass a lot out of the backfield. And I think it's going to be – I think Madison's going to have a decent game and Cook's going to have an amazing game. And I think they're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to pass out of the backfield. And they're going to utilize Jefferson. I think that Thielen being gone – I mean, you think of the amount of games Thielen has had this year that have been pretty mediocre. Um, I think that's kind of your ceiling for Osborne. Yeah. I think that – and Conklin – Conklin isn't the same as Thielen. Like, just because you lose one doesn't mean you're going to get the other. And it's a terrible matchup for Conklin. Uh, He has been nowhere near a top five tight end for a couple of weeks, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, yeah, I I don't think this week it's going to happen for him. And just just in case anyone's wondering, uh, Zach did buy his own buy and sell. So uh, we do have him by himself on that one as well. For at least a change. He has sold on his own buy and sell so many times. <laughs> I know. I've, I haven't done that in about four weeks because he gave me such a hard time for the time that I did it. So, Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that about wraps it up for the show tonight. Um, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow. Uh, you can also listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And, uh, yeah, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to email us at potbellypigskinfantasyfootball at gmail.com. All right. Good night.